0: All right, friends, welcome to the 2021 Living Your Calling Summer Series. This is gonna be a six-week series where I bring on some faces you have seen before and some new faces that I am excited to talk with. And we are gonna share what does it mean to be living your calling and living your calling in this moment and how did some of these guests build up to what they're doing today and what are they feeling called to do right now? Hi there, I'm Jenna Kutcher. I'm the host of The Gold Digger Podcast, and I'm so excited that you're hearing me right now because that means that I get to introduce you to my friend, Michelle Hagen. Michelle is a mama on a mission, dedicated to inspire other women to chase their dreams and their passions no matter what season of life they're in. And I've gotten the privilege to mentor and coach Michelle. She was one of my top 10 students in my community of over a thousand women, and she helped lead and inspire other mamas just like you. And now you, my friend, you get a front row seat. So sit back, relax, and get ready to be inspired. Welcome to the Living Your Calling podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Hagen, and my mission is to help you step into whatever you're truly called to do. I'm a Midwest wife and mom, and I built my business and dreams between the moments of motherhood. I believe that you can create your dreams around whatever season of life you're in. I'm obsessed with creating connections, out-of-the-box ideas, and cheering people on in whatever goal they're chasing. This is a place where you can come to feel like you're joining your best friends for coffee, for real talk of what's happening in life and business. Whether you're working on personal development or business, friend, I got you. Each week, you will find an episode that educates, inspires, and helps you take action to step into your calling and live your best life. You're listening to the Living Your Calling podcast, inspiring you to be and create exactly what you were made for. Are you ready? Here we go. All right, friends, I am so excited to introduce you guys to one of my best friends, Kate Hilden today. She is the champion of women. She has the most knowledge on the royal family, and she is the person that I want to be when I grow up. Kate, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. That's quite an introduction. <laughs>
0: I was thinking today, we're going to have to talk about what your thoughts are on the new royal baby.
1: I know. I have lots of thoughts on the name Lilibet. Um, first of all, I think it's, it is adorable. It's so sweet and it's definitely an ode to, you know, Queen Elizabeth and what her father called her. And then of course, what her late husband called her. Um, And I think the, the nickname Lily is, it's, it's, it's a very lovely name. Now I'm always, I'm the odd man out where I'm always team British over team Megan. (laughs) So, you know, it is very timely. There's a lot of, when you listen to the British tabloids or even the Australian tabloids, they're all saying that it's a suck up move and that, you know, of course that they would try to get back in the queen's good graces but i'm i'm a big believer in trying to give the benefit of the doubt and that it was just a loving grandson trying to you know give an ode to his grandmother who he adores.
0: Oh, i love it. Well, before we jump into our conversation today, why don't you kind of introduce yourself
1: and tell the listeners a little bit about you? Absolutely. So, um, I am a mother of three, soon to be four, and there's my public announcement right there. It's so funny. You know, I started thinking like, oh my gosh, I've not made this Facebook official, but it's the fourth one. Does it really need to be Facebook official? (laughs) Maybe
0: you should like, when this episode comes out, we'll have to tell, you should just tell everyone, maybe everyone should listen to this episode because there's something, there's an announcement in there from me. You might want to hear there you go. And then see if they listen.
1: That is like the ultimate announcement, right? Like when you make your first announcement with baby number one, like you're doing like all the super cute things. And I feel like I've like gradually progressed to like, hey, here's a picture of the ultrasound. Like we're having another one. So <laughs> now now this is like the grand finale. Like, listen to this podcast if you want the inside scoop. Oh, there we go. This will be the best baby reveal yet. Um, so yes, I'm a mama three soon to be four. I'm um Military wife. Um, I, well, I'm actually, I'm military, like blood. I grew up military. I married into military. It's all I know. So we're currently living in um, Dallas, Texas. And um, yeah, I'm just a lover of moms and wine and books and (laughs) talking.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and you and I met at a women's community and you and I have been instant we were instant friends so the listeners kind of know it's like one of those friendships where so many things that were in common that makes us soul sisters and um I always tell people that I want to be you when I grow up because of your wisdom and the great things that you always have to share on your heart
1: oh you're so sweet well the feeling is definitely mutual
0: well I thought that we could kind of talk today um, a little bit about how do you know when you're making the right choices and what does that look like when you're you're listening and taking action um on things that you're really truly called to do? Because I know for myself, a lot of times when I get stuck, you're the person that I've called. And for the listeners, Kate's also always like my heresy filter of what I was Like, am I explaining this correctly in faith? And, and Kate's always my person that's like, well, Michelle maybe we need to think about it like this before you post that
1: (laughs) well i'm definitely not perfect but um i think i think that does segue into like my answer really well is my faith is at most the most important thing to me um it is one of the biggest i um senses of identity and that's because my identity is in christ and so to give a little backstory. Um, I was, I'm an only child. I was raised by um, a mom who chose to stay at home her whole life. And um, she did that because she was also married to someone in the military, my dad, and um, we moved around a lot. And that was the sacrifice that she made. And, and looking back, I see how that really benefited um, my upbringing, because she was that sense of like consistency. However, going into then college, into my master's program, I had kind of always had the mindset like, I want to be a working mom. Like while I appreciated and valued what my mom did, I want to be a working mom. I, I don't see myself ever being called to like staying at home. I'm very much a people person and I like big people <laughs> versus little people. Not to say I don't love my children, obviously, but, you know, just like actually having a conversation that um, is stimulating for the brain versus like Cocoa melon. <laughs> and so, um, so, you know, moving forward, I'm now married, and we had our first son, and I, I went back to work, and that was actually a much harder transition than I had thought it was going to be, but I, I pushed through it because I loved what I did, and, you know, I think that I was really good at what I did. Too, you know, and it's and it's, I feel always so cocky saying that mm-hmm. because I feel like, especially maybe just how I was raised, I don't want to like say just generally women aren't allowed to like feel confident in what they did, but like I was really good at it, you know, like and I loved what I did and I and I was grow, mm-hmm. I was, you know, growing in my field really quickly. And but something at that point just started to pivot where God was placing on my heart like, there's something else I need you to do at this moment. And while I was feeling satisfied at work, it wasn't as much satisfaction as what I had experienced before having my first son. And so Mike, then my husband got orders to Texas and we were only going to be there for six months. Um, meanwhile, I had my like surprise baby (laughs) and I found out I was pregnant with our number two, which side note, I thought I had the flu and the doctor was like, uh, nope, it's a different kind of bug. And this (laughs) one's going to stick around a lot longer. And so, um, you know, I, God had already started stirring in my heart that my life, my calling, my purpose in this season was going to change. And then these circumstances happened. So we moved to Texas and I was like, well, first of all, no, one's going to hire anybody that's like six months pregnant, knowing that she's only going to be here for six months and three of those months will be maternity leave. So I transitioned to being a stay at home mom, which was a complete, like, it was a gut check. Like it was, it was, and I don't know if that's the right word, but it was, it was hard. Like it was a really hard season in my life. And I think that's a point that I want to make too, is that sometimes God calls us to a different area in our life. And, and it may be hard, but it's still the calling that he wants us to do. You know, um, often I think pe- people are scared to step into their calling. Because they don't know what it's going to be like, but it's even harder when you step into a calling and then it's like, oh, this is nothing like I thought it was going to be. And this is actually miserable. And I hate to say that that season of my life was miserable, but it really was, but it had to happen because I don't think that if I wasn't forced by the timeline and by having my baby, if God hadn't like forced my hand, I probably never would have truly taken that step. So my word of advice is sometimes you may be forced to step into that calling and it may be really uncomfortable and maybe nothing like you want it to look like, but God still has a plan and a purpose, right? Especially if you're continuously seeking him. So, you know, those six months of being in San Angelo, Texas, which if anybody who's listening to this podcast knows anything about West Texas, there's like nothing out there (laughs) and it's a hundred straight days of a hundred degrees or more. And like, we're there in August. And so it's miserable. So you're stuck inside. You have no community. It's like me and my 14 month old son and I'm pregnant. And I'm just like, God, why, why are you doing this? Like, what is the reason? And the whole time I just kept hearing him say, just wait, be patient. There is, I have a greater and bigger plan for you. So, you know, then we moved to Omaha and of course I meet you and our awesome community. And I had full intention. Like I was ready and applying for jobs on my way to Omaha. I was like, get me out of here. And my husband got called up to basically a six week, um, for those who are non-military deployment, lack of better words or training or some sort. And so I was like, well, gosh, like I can't start a new job when he's going to be gone for six weeks. And I have a newborn and, an, and a 16 month old or 17 month old. And so once again, God like forced my hand to say like, stop. And I think that was because like, I was being disobedient or maybe not disobedient, but I was not like, I, w- I was not obeying. Like I was, he kept saying, "You need to stay. You need to be listen and wait." And I was like, "Okay, God." On one hand, but then behind my back, like typing my resume. To-
0: yeah,
1: but like, I mean, I know eventually we're gonna come to this other point, God. So I'm just gonna go ahead and get a head start. That's the right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So you know, once again, like he kind of had, he kind of had to use like tough love on me. And so finally, I just kind of like hit my knees and I was like, I surrender. Like you win, I get it. Okay, this is a seizing, but I never saw it as my calling, right? Like my calling was to be back in the university where I was working to help the college students. Like that Mm -hmm. was my purpose and my calling. Like being a stay-at-home mom, while I love my children, while I find fulfillment in it, like it's not my calling. (laughs) Well, over the course of those years, now we're, well, let's see, I'm now six years into being a stay-at-home mom, clearly God has a bigger plan for me than I thought it was going to be. And I started to realize that I had a greater purpose and I had a calling in this mission of motherhood um, where God has used me in greater ways than I think he, mm-hmm. I could have been used in this season of my life, staying in the university system and being a working mom. So long-winded, circling around back to your original question, how did I recognize where it was time for me to switch my calling was truly through my faith, through God's hand, um, through the people that he placed in my life, like you, you know, and um, listening to those, those voices of encouragement of there's something bigger and greater. You just have to kind of push through the hard. And now I, I have grown so much and I see, I see the benefit of being patient in this season. And I think that's something too, is, you know, we all have seasons in our life. And I think it's often misconstrued that there's only one calling that we're given. And I don't think that's true. I think we're given multiple callings through our life. And, I have complete faith that when my children, when this calling of being a stay at home mom, Mm -hmm. you know, comes to fruition or completion, or, you know, God says, okay, it's time to move on. Like I have complete faith that another calling is going to follow. Um, and I think a lot of stay at home moms feel that fear of like, okay, well, what will be next? Like I'm, I'm here now, but you know, once my children are gone, what will I have? Like, Remember, God's always going to provide, you know, he's never going to not give you a purpose in life. We were designed to, to work, to fulfill his glory. And, um, so I've complete faith that while I'm obedient in this season and while this season is hard and it's not what I thought I would be doing that I'm going to have a greater, I'm going to have a greater calling when, when this season has been completed. Mm.
0: So good. I would love to touch back that you had said that you were really good at what you did. And that's what I hear a lot of stay-at-home moms. And there's a lot of people who worked big corporate jobs and all of these things. They're like, I was so good at what I I was doing. And I think that that's a great piece for women to hear, to know that you're not alone. And even probably men, like there's a lot of changes that happen in their lives. And they think like, well, I was really good at this job, especially with COVID. You know, I was really good at this job, and a lot of people lost their jobs. And so, I think that that is an amazing point to make as well. That sometimes we have to like think to ourselves, okay, well, I had this thing that I was really good at, mm-hmm. and for me, just like you, I had to listen to God, being like, "You have, you're gonna stay home." But I was like, "Well, well what do? Wait, 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 wait! Like, <laughs> but I'm really good at this, and I thought that we were gonna stay over here in this world
1: and yes. climb this
0: ladder." Right. So, and I was, you know, and I think it's it is kind of realizing and having to release that there might be something even better. Mm-hmm. Sometimes really hard because I know that I was the exact same way of of thinking, like, okay, well, I mean, I'll stay home, but what else are we going to have out there, and what's going to be coming? And I finally had to realize that I needed to wait mm-hmm. until I heard. It's like for me, I it was always like I was going to feel this, like, okay, it's time to run, mm-hmm. and then. I did feel that way and it wasn't run in the direction (laughs) that I thought it was going to be. Yeah. yeah. And so I love that. And I love how you mentioned that you realized God was using things bigger because for me, I see God was using you to champion so many women in this season, you know, of like how your leadership and mops and your leadership and Bible studies of women. And I think that that's where I have seen you grow the most in the last few years.
1: Thank you. Um, and I think that, I think that brings up a good point that I, um, didn't touch on a whole lot is that God equips every individual with a multitude of tools, right? And what made me really good in my career field before has also, I mean, those, those skills and tools just didn't go away. Right. And so it has now allowed me to use them just in a different way. And I think it's just, again, going back to like being patient and, and waiting for God to help mold you in this new season or this new calling. Because I have had the opportunity to, to witness, to help nurture, to help grow women and mothers in, in this season where I was using those same tools, helping mature, helping grow, helping encourage college students, you know? And so, um, again, yeah, just having that, that patience and that faith to realize like God has given me a unique set of tools that, that makes me unique, right? That, that I am able to do that. Maybe not everybody else is able to do. Mm -hmm. And so, okay, God, in this season, this isn't the calling that I had envisioned for myself when I was 22 and graduating college. Right. But those tools didn't go away. So what can I do with them now? And then, and then being open to it, looking different, right. And being open to, two different opportunities. Mm -hmm. So I think too, sometimes for me, I was getting my head stuck in the sand of like, okay, well, you know what, this isn't what I necessarily wanted to do. So I'm just going to bury my head in the sand. I'm going to count my time and punch my clock. And when it's over, like, then I'll use my tools where God helped me really grow and mature in my season of Omaha. I said, no, like, I don't want you just to like survive, I want you to thrive. And it's not going to look the way you, uh, you wanted it to look, but trust me, if you step in this obedience, if you step in this calling that I'm I'm telling you to do like these, I'm going to sharpen these tools and I'm going to make them even greater than they were 10 years ago, you know? And, and then when the next season and the next calling comes, you're going to be even more equipped and prepared, you know? And I think that's something too, again, going back to stepping into your calling. If I don't feel equipped, I don't feel prepared. Well, God will always do that. But also it's, it's in these seasons that you're not expecting to be in that he's preparing you and it. And sometimes you don't even notice it's happening. So while that next step will still be scary, I'm going to be far more equipped than I would have been if I had skipped this whole season altogether. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. And I love how you had said that sometimes God's like sharpening the skills before we even know that it's happening. And I, that was making me think about back when I used to coach financial reps on their sales, I thought I was really good. <laughs> and noticed that I thought I was really yeah. good. And now of all the training and all the things I've done in the last few years and, and how my coaching has evolved in training, I was like, gosh, I really kind of sucked actually. Like <laughs> Man, I wish like a future Michelle could go tell past Michelle, like, um, you should maybe coach on this other way. It'll work better, but I didn't sure. know any different because that's yeah. just what I had been taught. And so I love how you talk about that. And sometimes you're right, that we get into situations that we don't realize skills are being changed and we're being taught things differently for something that's in the future. And I know I had a friend one time send me this devotional that basically talked about how we can sit in the waiting and it can be so frustrating and that you're trying to open the doors or even like open a window. And sometimes you're not realizing that God's preparing the thing on the other side or the people on the other side to welcome your skills and to be ready to, to embrace what you have to offer.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: We are so excited to be introducing to you the living your calling retreats these retreats are going to be for women to reconnect to themselves and to join in community with like-minded women we are going to take you from places from the midwest to the beach to the mountains and this is going to be a time for you to disconnect and have time away and to focus on yourself and to take a break from whatever it is you need These retreats are going to be like nothing you have experienced before, and we are creating them with you in mind. If you would love to know more about the Living Your Calling retreats, you can head to the link in the show notes to join the waitlist so that you can be the first to know when we are going to be connecting together. We are so excited to create this for our community, and we cannot wait to meet you and to join a community at the Living Your Calling retreat. Okay, so I would love for us to kind of talk about what would your advice be? I know, I feel like you kind of talked, you touched on it a little bit, but if there's a mom that's listening and they're kind of deep in that time of, of where they feel like they've lost themselves and they're looking in the mirror and they don't know who they are anymore and they're thinking to themselves, there's got to be something more
1: than this. What's your advice to that mom? Yeah, well, definitely because I've been that mom of like, okay, okay. <laughs> There's got to be more. I'm I'm greater than this, you know. Well, first of all, if you can find community, that's my biggest, that's my biggest word of advice because community is what brought me out of sitting on the floor looking at my two basically infants, if you will, and going, this is it, <laughs> you know. And and through that community, I was f- able to find other purposes. And again, just I think circling back to the point of. It may not look like the life that you thought it was going to envision, but if you, if you give it time and if you get up and do something too, you know, I think my biggest mistake looking back was I just sat there and was like, okay, God, well, I'm here. So give me an opportunity, but if you sit and do nothing, you know, it's not like mana from the heavens. It's just necessarily going to fall on your lap. Like again, you're going to have to get up and do something about it. And so, um, so getting up, finding that community and, and th- I think through that, and especially a community. For me, it was a community of faith. You know, it was through MOPS, it was through my church, it was through organizations that I knew had women that would encourage me and understand what I was doing and the reason why I was being called to this. Um, I was then able to find other paths of of ways to use my tools and my skill set and um, find more sense of um, gratitude for the season that I was in. I would probably also say that while the season is a hard one, just to remember that, that there's a, a greater purpose to it. The biggest thing with motherhood specifically is we don't see the fruit of our labor right away, right? You know, when you're in a job and you're really good at your job, you know, often, I mean, I guess unless you're like creating... Rocket ships and it takes hundreds of years, or you're trying to cure cancer. Right, most of the time there is some form of turnover. Where at the end of the day you can say, "Oh, that's that was a good job," right? Well, for motherhood, you don't see that, right? There's you'll do laundry all day, and then there's still a pile in the corner that didn't get done, or you know, there's just not that completion. And so, um, we're not going to see that until our children likely become adults, right? We're not going to get that that fruit until then, and so just remembering that like your work matters in this season, it matters. And for me, it was then finding, finding ways that I could get that completion, that satisfaction of, okay, good, that was a good job. And that was, you know, working in mops and, and serving with other women where I could kind of have that like end of the day, you know, close the book type of mentality. But then knowing that in 18, 20 plus years, I'll be able to see the hard work that I put in with my children.
0: Mm, That's so good. And such a good thought to remember that like the fruit of your labor that you can't see right now. Cause I know for me in those early years, when the boys were really little, I felt like I accomplished nothing all day or like I had no, I had to have some sense of accomplishment. The Enneagram three in me needs to have goals and needs to have things that we reach and achieve. Mm -hmm. And I would tell Jake, I'd be like, I don't know i didn't do anything today i like <laughs> took them to the gym and we came home and they watched tv and i don't really know but then i'm like but i also made dinner and did these other things whatever but then you know to realize like well, okay those were like your accomplishments for the day and mm-hmm. that's okay that that's what those accomplishments were and all you could get they high- were
1: alive at the end of the day that is the greatest accomplishment right mm-hmm. like at the end of the day if your children are still breathing Yes. job well done <laughs> well and sometimes I look back at pictures and
0: I think to myself gosh I wish I could have given myself more grace because you think that your older one is like this old oh, they're way older than they can they are yes. and then by the time you have a second one you're like what was I expecting out of the first they were a baby and I look back and it's like I literally had two babies two babies that I just was keeping the ship afloat most days. And that I wish that I could have known like that was good enough in that season.
1: Oh my gosh. I can speak so much on that. I won't because it's not related to this podcast, but I like, (laughs) Oh my gosh, what you're saying. I'm like, yes, Michelle, I resonate with that. And I think just having two kids so close in age, Mm -hmm. you know um, you, you totally lose perspective of that. And you know, and I think even in this season, we're going to look back and we're going to be like, oh my gosh, like where was the grace, Michelle? You know, you've got, um, you know, six and four, six and five, right? Six and four. Six and four. Yeah. Six and four. And so, um, you know, when they're 16 and 15, you're going to look back and be like, Michelle, where was the grace? Like they were so little, they were so big, like perspective constantly changes. Mm -hmm. And I think going back to like the reason why it's so important to have that community, if you can find it, whether through your church or through your YMCA, or just through like, Hey, you're a mom, I'm a mom at the park. Like, let's be friends, Mm -hmm. you know, is because then those, those women, those individuals, that community can speak into you and say, Hey, like, this season is hard, but let me help you have perspective. Like you're doing a great job. Mm-hmm. You are keeping those babies alive and they are babies. You may think that your 2-year-old should tie his shoes, go potty and get a job, but like <laughs> I'm going to remind you that he's still a baby and have patience and have grace. And I think about like what God thinks about with us all the time, you know. And my soon to be 2-year-old is like, "Oh my gosh, he is he is just like our boy's Michelle." <laughs> well this I, is I feel like we I... should
0: tell the listeners first that Kate <laughs> yes. and I's bond of each other and how we yes. became intimate friends was like your child's wild my child's <laughs> wild your child climbs the fence mine climbs the fence okay good can we be friends because you're not can we be friends
1: me. yes because we were surrounded with like a sea of moms who just had girls who were like prim and proper and never did anything bad and okay. our boys are Put like on your, your shoes needles. yes Yes, tornadoes. Well, James, my third, he is, he's a replicate of his older brother, John Henry. And so I'm just like living through that. But what's so interesting is like, now I find that my patience has changed because my perspective has changed, right? Like back then I was like, oh my gosh, John Henry's not doing this. He's not doing that. He's being completely obedient. Okay. Well, at least I have my friend, Michelle, who's like her, her sons are doing, you know, her son is doing the same thing, but Now, like how I, how I approach James is so different. It's still really hard, (laughs) but how I approach him is so different because my perspective has shifted to, okay, well, this is a season and he's still little. Right. And I think back to, again, my point of like how God looks at us and, you know, my two year old's throwing a fit because he can't do something that he wants to do. And I think, okay, well, how many times have I thrown a fit because I can't do something that I want to do. And God's just like looking down on me going, it's okay, Kate, (laughs) it's okay. you know. And so yeah, perspective definitely shifts. And then also just thinking about like, okay, if my two-year-old's having a bad day, like, and I have bad days, well, that's just human nature. Mm -hmm. And as God shows me patience, I need to show him patience as hard as it is. Now I'm still not letting him climb fences Mm -hmm. as best as I can, (laughs)
0: but. Yes. And I
1: think that that's a great point of
0: realizing like the perspective and that I, once you kind of realize that, I feel like it bleeds out into everything that you do and even having more grace for the person at the store that's taking forever or the boss or the person that you're reporting to and some type of volunteering of realizing, okay, well, they're doing the best that they know how to do right now. So I have to give them grace and the, my perspective when it's warranted. And so I think that that's great. It's just a great point. And even something that I have been thinking about because while sometimes I feel like people are like, you're doing such great things. Like on the inside, I feel like, well, they're really not that great. And it's not as as big as like my friend who's next to me. And we kind of have been like running at this at the same time. And she's making more, way more money and doing more things. And I realized this year studying you know, the story of Moses, I was like, but what if this is my like foreshadowing what if this is a part of my story that like Mm. comes back to that was like but she Mm -hmm. had to wait and then this other thing happened Mm -hmm. and she had no clue that it was coming and so I always try to think to myself like what is this going to be the foreshadowing of someday because you know it's in every book that we read there's some foreshadowing that you don't catch until you read the book for a second time. Like you don't know this, this part of a story is the foreshadowing until you've reached the end of it. And that's the one thing that I have been trying to think about and, and realize of what part of what happened in my past is the foreshadowing of what's to come in the future or, or what am I sitting in right now that is going to be used And how cool is that going to be that this is part of the story that I don't even know the outcome yet?
1: Oh, absolutely. And I know God has amazing plans for you. I was sitting with a friend and I was talking about you. And um, for the listeners, I recently had the opportunity to see Annie F. Downs. Um, do one of her live podcasts in Dallas. And I turned to my friend and I said, my friend, Michelle, that's going to be her in like 10, 15 years. And I truly believe that. Like, I truly believe what you're saying of God foreshadowing um, and and the greater calling that's to come. And I kind of touched on that already, right? Like Mm -hmm. each season comes with a time of sharpening these tools and foreshadowing of an even greater calling. And I think as a stay-at-home mom, it can be really hard because you, you're, you that comparative game of like, I can even play that with you, Michelle, right? Like we're both Enneagram threes. Mm-hmm. We both strive and have goals and lofty goals. And yet you, w- the way you're living your life and the way I'm living my life, while very similar, we have lots of similarities, aren't exactly the same. So, you know, I could easily play that comparative game of, well, I don't have a podcast. Well, I like to talk. <laughs> I like to help people. <laughs> Why am I not doing it? But again, we just have to, again, shift that perspective of, God is foreshadowing, to use your words, different stories in each of us, and mm-hmm. to to be content in that of knowing that my story is not going to look like your story, but we both were made to serve God and glorify him in different ways. And in mm-hmm. 10, 15 years, we'll be able to look back and think back on this podcast and be like, oh my gosh, well, this is when I knew Michelle was gonna write a book and be a speaker that was gonna go around the world. And maybe you could say, this is when, I don't know, Kate does something even greater and bigger. I don't know yet, And, and um, but yes, I think that is so true. I think that is so true of just, of knowing that he is already, he, God, the provider of all is already working out the next step for us mm. and and that's so peaceful especially as a goal setter right to know that like he's already paving the way for me and while goals are important he's the he's the ultimate goal mm-hmm.
0: yeah oh uh, well first of all Thank you for putting me in the same category as any of like Amy, if you're listening, I want you to be on the podcast. Uh, okay, but um, that is just such a great thought. And, and I love how you touched on, we're both Enneagram threes, but we do things in such different ways. And I was actually talking to a friend last night about this, of, of how we put ourselves in these boxes. And we think like, well, if this is what an Enneagram three is, this is what I have to look like. And I should be chasing these goals or, you know, there's so many different personality things out there. And you and I have had these conversations about how do we know what box do we put ourselves in? And you've gone back and forth. Oh my gosh. So many Maybe I'm a three. And I have to tell everyone that the way that Kate figured out, she was a three. (laughs) was she found this video and it was talking about moms who are enneagram threes and the enneagram three said oh so and so needs a meal train did you see the meal train that i set up for (laughs) the other person the last time she had a baby so i can totally do the meal train i was like that is you kate like if someone needs a meal train kate is on it and it it is set up and it will have what food preferences you have and the specific
1: time and the cooler outside (laughs) Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yes. I know. Out of all the books I read, out of all the podcasts I listened to, that was the thing that I was like, yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. That's me. That is what spoke to me was some like TikTok of a woman (laughs) doing uh, an impression of Enneagram three in a meal train. But I think, I think, I know this is an Enneagram post, but, um, I do think that's important. Again, going back to the comparative thing is I struggled a lot. Like I read the road back to you. I listened to all the summer, like any summer podcasts. Right. And I went back from a one to three consistently. And I was just like, unsure of where I fit. And I know it's not important because I'm a unique individual and I don't necessarily fit in a box, but for me, it was something I needed to figure out. It was like a a personal mission that I had to figure out. And, and going back to like that comparative game of like, I kept looking at you, which you, you just knew you're like, Oh, I'm a three. And I'm like, well, I relate to Michelle, but gosh, I'm not that. I didn't see myself as that driven. Like my, my goals don't necessarily line up with your goals in this season of life. And so I was like, well, clearly I'm not a three. And I knew another three who she like runs her own like furniture business and they're constantly flipping houses. And I was like, well, I'm not like that either. Like all the threes I knew were entrepreneur moms. And they're like, you know, BA moms. Right. And I'm like, well, I mean, <laughs> I volunteer, but, but again, like going back to God, it just equipping us differently. Right. Mm-hmm. And so while you hate spreadsheets and emails and <laughs> organization, I'm like, oh, that's all for me. Right. Like, so were you probably really strongly wing for with your creativeness Oh, gosh, I hate crafts. That it, it, I probably should have put that in my like introduction. Like, crafts and meat, we butt heads. If you told me that I had to spend a, a di- all day crafting, that would be, like, my eternal damnation, right? Like, and so I clearly mean, too, which is where, like, the spreadsheets come in and the meal trains and the serving women. And, um, you know, so again, just remembering that these tools that God has given us all look differently. And so while you and I definitely relate to the three, mm-hmm. our threeness is vastly different and that's okay.
0: Yeah. I love that. Such a great point to remember that we're individuals and not put in this box and how, and as you are talking, I was like, yeah, cause I'm a wing four. Like I want to be an individual. Like I want to stand <laughs> out I want to do all these things, but yet I still have like a wing two-ness. Sure. But I'm more like, Yeah, I'll bring you a meal, but let me go buy you all the Costco food. (laughs) I will not make you anything. I will bring you all the Costco meals that are my favorite. And guys, I do have to tell you, as Kate says, she does not like crafts. At Mops, when it was (laughs) crafts, Kate (laughs) would literally stand up and be, so who's doing my craft? I really like this, but who's going to finish theirs first
1: and then paint my snowman? (laughs) Yes, I had a really good deal worked out with the, uh, the craft director of MOPS, where she would give me her craft. Like she would make it as the example. And then she would do one because she found enjoyment in that. And then I would get it. And I thoroughly enjoyed that. <laughs> and Kate would just, you would just go around and talk to people and talk
0: half time and how can I help you? And what can I talk to you about? And I love that about you. Oh, thanks. <laughs> oh, I have loved having this conversation. So many gold nuggets of wisdom. And I'm sure people can hear in this podcast why I always say that I want to be Kate when I grow up in your wisdom <laughs> of, of all your faith and the things that you have to share. But before I let you go, um, we are going to do our fun random question game. So pick a number between 1 and 350. Um, 199 right. Okay. What is the best way you or someone you know has gotten out of a ticket or
1: trouble with the law? Oh my gosh. I was literally just talking about this with my friend. I have never gotten out of a ticket. I have cried. I have like I have done everything I can. And I have never gotten out of a ticket. Um, The one story I will say is I was, it was Christmas day and I was driving from Tennessee to Illinois. I wasn't wasn't married to my husband yet and I wanted to see him on Christmas and visit his family. There was no one on the road Christmas morning, right? And then it's like a Kentucky road as I'm traveling through the States. And so I was going like 20 over and (laughs) the cop was so kind when he pulled me over. He was like, "Well." Since it's Christmas, I'll knock it down to five over, which then demoted it from like fe- uh, felony to just a just a mark. But I have never gotten out of a ticket. However, I will tell this one story. And if my mom listens to this podcast, um, I'm sorry, mom. <laughs> she was driving again. Being military, she was. Um, we were stationed in Oklahoma. We had family in Omaha, and my mom would used to leave at like three a.m and would just drive through the early morning to get there by like 2 p.m., right? Well, again, we're now talking like country roads, Oklahoma. There's like nobody out at 3 a.m. And she I don't even know how fast she was going, but she was probably much like me going 20 or so over. And so a cop pulls her over and she quickly turns around and pinches my thigh. And I'm like 19 or I'm probably like nine months old and I start crying. And so then she, when the officer comes up to the door, she's like crying and I'm crying in the back and she's like, I'm so sorry. I'm just, I was just driving because I need to get home to my family and, and she won't stop crying and I wasn't paying attention and she got out of the ticket. So that's probably the most creative. (laughs) Oh,
0: I love that. I don't normally share on these questions, but I do have to say because one time in high school, so. I went to an all girls high school and we had this thing called field day and it's not the field day. Like anyone else thinks about, we have costumes and boxes and it's a whole like a group thing. But the night before is called field night and people go pee each other, but technically it's illegal and you're not supposed to. And if you get caught, your class could be disqualified Well, we're out and we get pulled over by cops. And all we are thinking is, Oh my gosh, we're going to get disqualified. <laughs> and we had taken toilet paper that someone put on our friend's house and our trunks were full of like free, like already used toilet paper. So the cop comes up to me first and I was like, well, so these other girls teepeed us. And so we're just taking the toilet paper and going and putting it back on their house. I can show you all the toilet paper in the back if you want. And he's like, okay. And then he goes to my friend's car and I'm like, oh my gosh, just please tell the same story. Please tell the same story so that like we, and he comes back and he's like, Well, we thought that you were trying to rob people, so turn the lights on your car. Oh. <laughs> turn my car, your car lights on and go home and don't put the toilet. And we were like, Okay, okay. And we all go and we're like, what if someone finds out that the cops could pull us over? So we got out of thinking that we were potential burglars to just high school girls teeth.
1: Oh, uh, oh my gosh.
0: Oh my gosh. That is quite the story. <laughs> oh, okay, Kate. The last question I always ask everyone is: if you could go back and give your younger self at any time in your
1: life a piece of advice, what would you say? Listen to this podcast. <laughs> no, um, I think I've really just. My heart is just just be just be patient in this season, and and it is, it's that it's a season, right? It's not forever and it's fleeting and it's purposeful and there's a reason to it. And God has called you to this. So while it's not what you thought it was going to be, mm-hmm. that's okay. That's okay. And, um, you know, I know with my heart that in this season, as, as I am being called to it and I'm being dedicated to it and obedient in this season, a greater blessing will come and it may not even look like, I think, you know, I would love it for me to be like, Oh, you're a director of, you know, academic Mm -hmm. advising at Harvard university one day. And maybe that will be, maybe I just put that out into existence, but it also could look vastly Mm -hmm. different. And, and I may never go back to my original career field, but that's okay. Because I was designed for something greater than my mind can Mm -hmm. even imagine. Be patient. Be quiet. Be obedient. Be content, and and then surround yourself with good people that will speak life into you, because the season is so lonely sometimes, and it, and especially when you're you're insecure and you're un, unsure of who you are as a mother or just even as a woman, that having those individuals that will speak life into you can be a game changer. Yes.
0: Well, thank you so much for. Being on the podcast and sharing all your wisdom, if someone wants to reach out to you, I know that you don't have a business or things, you know, like that, but what's your Instagram handle? So if they want to just to message you and tell you, you know, the things that, that you said resonated with them.
1: Oh gosh. Well, that would be an honor. <laughs> um, it's uh, Kate underscore Hilden. I know, super fancy. <laughs> well, it could have a unique name. You actually get your real name, but <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you so much
0: for being on the show.
1: Oh, absolutely. Thank you. It was an honor. I'm completely humbled that you would even consider me. And this was so good.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of the Living Your Calling podcast. If you love this episode, will you share it with a friend or leave a review? Make sure that you subscribe or follow so that you don't miss a single episode. I love hearing from listeners and connecting. You can find us over on Instagram at the Living Your Calling Podcast or at Michelle Ann Hagen. Join us inside of our private Facebook community called the Living Your Calling Podcast Community. It's free, so why don't you join us inside? You can join by clicking the link in our Instagram bios or checking out the show notes. Join us and we will dive in deeper. And I can't wait to connect with you. If you needed someone to remind you that you are worthy of your dreams, friend, this is it. I promise that you are worthy of whatever is on your heart and whatever calling you are wanting to chase. I am proud of you and I'm here for you. You're listening to the Living Your Calling podcast, inspiring you to be and create exactly what you were made for.